and carry the show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal. No, no, no. We take part ourselves. That's right. When they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I am Ross Blotcher. And I'm Ross Blotcher. And we went back to Ama. 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 Well, we never left. That's true. You're right. <laughs> Actually, that's very- We are still th- there. That's truer than I intended it to be. <laughs> yeah, we never left. Yeah, last time we were talking about Ama, the hugging saint, mm-hmm. also known as Sri Mata Amritananda Mai. Oh, well done. Thank you. You've been studying German, so you're used to those sort of long- Long polysyllabic yeah. words, yeah. Mm-hmm. Also known as Sudamani. Sure. As she's just one of those AKA kind of people. Yeah. Also yeah. known as the little one. Also known as, what was her birth name? Sudamani Idamel. Oh, okay, okay. I- yes. Idamanel, which is weird because Idamanel was also used as kind of a place name in the biography that I read, leading me to think that maybe it's common just to refer to the general area that a family lives of. Like Jesus of Nazareth. Yeah, uh, like by their name. But Ama, we know when she was born, 1953. She's yes. younger than my mother. Born in the Kerala region of India. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We talked about her a bit in our first episode. If you're just joining us for the first time for this episode, you definitely want to go back one. This episode won't make too much sense if you didn't hear that first one. So do that. Anyway, Ama is a beautiful lady who travels around and hugs people, which we think sounds amazing. Yeah. But we wanted to find out more and go visit her and see if we could get hugged ourselves. So last time you'd heard our first couple hours there at the event, I think... I was getting ready to buy a book the last time we were Ooh. talking about our our timeline. I think you were holding our seats. And I remember at one point we were interrupted by some trumpets going off and some music starting oh, up. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, we've been talking about this big cube at the front of the event. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all of a sudden, the curtains on Amma's cube opened up for a moment and we saw her inside there. Oh, I think I was still turned around during this big reveal because I saw a bunch of people stand in alert and look and then I turned around. Yeah, so we all look around like, oh, oh, something's happening. And I I don't know, I'm trying to remember, there were people around her and, you know, you could see these various implements and the singing's going on. Oh, oh, I guess it's starting. And then it closes again and we're back to normal. Oh, okay. All right. She's here. That was cool. All right. I want people to signal my entrance that way. (laughs) (laughs) Just trumpets. There she is. And then close a door. (laughs) We're singing. Okay, now we're not singing anymore. Close the curtain. (laughs) So, yeah, I have no idea what that was all about. But then, you know, went back to, okay, I've got my slip. I'm going to go over to the little central area and pick up my book. And... I get to the line to buy things and the woman in front of me, you know, you pick like the wrong line at the supermarket, oh, the person yeah. who's going to pay with check. You don't take check? Okay, I'm good. <laughs> I have exact change in pennies and nickels right. that I have saved for the last 20 years. It, it was exactly that woman. She was dropping all of her stuff on the ground and then getting really defensive like we were all trying to steal her stuff. Like, no, we're just, we're just helping <laughs> you, lady. That's $108 just because Alma's foot was on it. I don't want it. <laughs> Finally, it's my turn, and then the woman behind the cash register says, no more sales. Everybody needs to go back to their seats right now. Now, after we've forced you to do nothing but shop, mm-hmm. that part's over that for part's a second. Over for now. You can come back later. Okay. So, okay, so I hold on to my pamphlet. I go back to the seat, 
And yeah, now we're ready to start the event. Yeah, the big show. Certainly we're about to hug her, right? That's her whole thing. Yeah, let the hugging begin. Yeah, no. Nope. No, mm-hmm. this is the beginning mm-hmm. of, well, they open up the curtains again, mm-hmm. and we see her, and uh, she's seated towards the front. She's got, like, a low-lying table in front of her. Mm-hmm. I'm picturing her in either orange or white, but that might just be from having seen pictures of her since. Because, boy, have I been spending some time with Alma this week, people. I think she might have had a costume change. I think she mm-hmm. started out in white. Okay. And then I think later on she was wearing kind of a dark burgundy like okay. color. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, first I may be totally getting the sequence of events wrong here, but I think they were like bringing bowls up to her. Yeah, they brought up these big brass maybe bowls, mm-hmm. heavy looking bowls. Yeah, like something you could cook a stew to feed 20, a dozen people, yeah. 20 people, easily. well, it depends on how hungry they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 20 of my friends, 12 big, of Ross's Big bowl, friends. and there were like four of them. <laughs> and so it seemed like they would hand them to her and she would sort of do some sort of blessing on them. Right. And maybe spit Eight. at them? <laughs> Somehow she was kind of interacting with them. Either something was coming out of her into them or coming out of them into her. <laughs> I don't know. She was interacting with these bowls. I hypothesized that the stuff in the bowls was the stuff that they would then sell as touched by Ama. Oh, maybe. And so there were probably just like, you know, 30 hair bands or whatever in there. That would be a good TV series, Touched by an Ama. <laughs> you know, at this point, we're a good 80 feet away from her. So, you know, you can't see anything in too great of detail. But there's some ceremony happening up there. And And there are big monitors. Oh, yeah, that's true. They do have cameras trained on her. So you can see off to whatever side a big screen that Mm -hmm. at least kind of shows a close up on her. So, yeah, I think she was wearing white. There weren't too many people up there, just usually a few other people. And there's always like attenders on either wing of this cube thing. Yeah, she's definitely never alone. But sometimes she's surrounded by more people than should fit in that size of space. Indeed. Yeah, and we'll see quite a bit of that later on. If that were an enclosed space, we would have been dealing with a fire hazard many times. So somewhere around here, we also got something you might say like communion. Oh, yeah. Uh, It was time for us all to receive our blessed water. Yeah. They had these giant carts with many, many trays of prepared individual, uh, like, to-go containers, ones that you'd put your ketchup in. Yeah. But with water. Or salsa. And immediately I'm thinking, oh, no, look at all that plastic. So much plastic. Though, when you look at it closely, it has a little bit of language on it saying that it is biodegradable. Yeah, it's one of those, like, corn yeah, plastics. made out of something other than just petroleum. Better. Yeah, better. And so we get individual cups of this blessed water. That Ama has blessed. And even before they handed out those cups, they separately handed out little caps. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. When we sat down, there were some on our seats, right? A weird system. Or they were passing them out. I think someone handed one to me. Oh, okay. So then I kept it in my shirt pocket for a long time. But okay, here's this little plastic cap. Hopefully that will be relevant sometime. (laughs) And then they pass out the water. And it is like communion because they've got this tray and then Mm -hmm. they're having you grab some and pass them down to the people next to you. So, yeah, got my water, put my cap on it. And then they said, you can drink it now, you can sip it throughout the night, 
or we encourage you to put it in your water bottle and you know it will affect all the water in there so then you Kinda can always just keep a little bit at the bottom when almost you homeopathically yeah. it felt like it would just propagate this miracle so i thought oh yeah i'm gonna do that i'll have this wellspring of water and uh, my wife was very sick at the time so i said well here have some ama water so have some water of unknown origin <laughs> so i poured it into her much larger container of water and said this will help and how is she now uh, well uh, it turns out about a week later, she was feeling better. Okay. Oh, my gosh. A while later. Yeah. You know what? She ended up having strep throat. Was, oh, no. Yeah, it was pretty bad. But eventually, things did get better. She didn't die. Okay. Hey. So Thanks, Alma. Chalk up one for Alma water. And uh, yeah, I gave some to Andrew, too. He was also feeling kind of sick. I, I drank well, you some. you keep passing around the same cup of water. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was pouring it into individual <laughs> water containers. I, I had some myself, and it, it had like a rose scent to it. They had added some kind of oil oh, to yeah, it. Oh, yeah, you said that. I didn't smell that, but. Okay. But I had a bunch extra. I was kind of waiting, oh, how do I use this? But I think the biodegradable containers started to biodegrade. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, good. All Cause, right. Because <laughs> one morning I came out and my mouse pad and my mouse and my keyboard were kind of swimming in this little pool of leftover oh, alma water. Yeah, it's like, oh, come on. So I, <laughs> I cleaned it up and threw, threw the thing away. Well, I put mine in my water bottle right away because I carry around a water bottle. Yeah. And then- What miracles have you experienced? Well, well, I put it right in my daily water bottle and brought it home. And I've been refilling it since, leaving like a little bit at the bottom. Oh, okay. And then this one day I said to Drew- I love this water bottle. It makes Oh right. It makes <laughs> it makes water just a little sweet. Uh-huh. And he he goes, What? And I'm like, it's just like I don't know, you know, it's just something about the taste of the bottle. It's just a little sweet. And he's like, Carrie, give that to me. <laughs> so I give it to him and he's like, I think there's mold in here. <laughs> I'm so glad he knew that. I wouldn't have thought that. <laughs> he has a very, very sensitive palate. He's and a super sniffer, huh? Yeah. So he, he looks at it and yeah, uh, indeed, we take apart the cap and there's this <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know if it's technically black mold, but to my eye, it is the color black yeah. mold. And so we washed that right out. And you know what? Water's not sweet anymore. Water's <laughs> just regular tasting. Aww. So I don't know. I presume that wasn't Amma's holy water causing that. But, but it also didn't clear it, it up on its own. Exactly. And yet, without Drew's intervention, the story could have ended up in one of the books about her as another miracle. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. If I were just like, and she makes water so sweet. Yeah, that would have been the caliber of an Amma miracle. Totally. I mean, if we're counting... <laughs> she wanted yogurt and then there wasn't enough yogurt for everyone to have too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did take a little bit from the cup and put it in my Rhythmia ayahuasca tincture. So Whoa, you're mixing your alternatives. Yeah. Yeah. So now, uh, so I figure, I mean, we've been told that homeopathy only gets stronger and stronger as you dilute. So I figure mixing these things, diluting them a little. I mean, this is so potent now, Ross. Wow. I'm showing it yep, to you. Yep, yep. Carrie's got um, the spray bottle. So do you want some three sprays sure. of Rhythmia and Ama? Okay. That's mine. Oh, still tastes like bad alcohol. Tripping balls, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right, let's see how many things we can put in there. I really hope we have more holy items to put in there. Holy liquids. Oh, this is really high up to the, the top still. 
Well, it's because I poured the water in there. Oh, wow. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, it was down to like half. But, you know, I think our listeners should be very grateful that we didn't think of combining fluids when we were doing the pee episodes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Boy, you would taste that in there. That's yeah. for sure. Pee colors everything, guys. Pretty soon we get into the speech delivery yeah, section. Yeah, the song. Yeah. Yeah. And so she does not or chooses not to speak English. Ross is referencing our first episode where we learned maybe she knows English, but chooses not to speak mm-hmm. it. We're not We're not sure. Because I think they did call it a sot song. It's in Malayalam, uh, her spoken language, I would presume. And uh, there's no translation provided, at least not in real time. Mm-hmm. And so she's speaking and... She'll talk for a solid, you know, four minutes. Mm -hmm. I counted one of them, six minutes. Wow. And so Carrie and I are kind of looking at you like, "Mm, Mm -hmm. good point. Mm -hmm. That's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, well. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Fair. It's interesting. I like being in the position where my language is not the dominant language. I think that's an important paradigm shift to have. Yeah. But it's always unusual to be like, oh, I think no one else here speaks the language you're speaking. Right. Because even the folks who hail from India aren't likely to have spoken this pretty unique language. And so she's joined up there by a man dressed mostly in orange. As I recall, he's got long, sweeping, kind of peppered gray hair. Very distinguished looking man with a beard as well. And that is Swami Aritasvarupananda Puri, who happened to be the author of the biography that I read. Ah, okay. And it's interesting. There's a portion where he tells his story uh, in the midst Mm. of many other stories of people following Ama. Mm -hmm. And he just uses the first person for that, which is kind of fun. Oh, okay. So then he would start talking with a, ah, okay, this must be the... The translation. Right. And something felt off about it. Yeah. Well, it's that sort of thing where often in comedy, like someone Uh will say one thing in a foreign language and then the translation will come and it takes like five times as long to say. Right. Or vice versa. Exactly. Yeah. 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 There's Uh, a whole Friends episode about that. Is there? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So... She would at first say like three minutes of talking and then he would talk for three minutes like, oh, okay, now we kind of know what she was saying. Right. But then we assume we assume these aren't companion pieces, but he didn't at any point say I'm the translator. I guess. Why would you? But I don't know. It was so it felt so disharmonious that at times I was like, is this the translation? What is this? Yeah. And also he was obviously reading something that was prepared. I'm not convinced that she was. It felt like she was just talking for her it felt to me like a speech you've mostly memorized you're comfortable with it you know like there's a little oh i got you okay uh yeah yeah, yeah. improvising in the moment like that time that i measured her speaking for six minutes he then proceeded to give this very long delivery of 24 minutes oh my god was it that long yes oh my god and even there in the room i was having a really hard time following what he was saying because He has kind of a a soft voice. He sounds Uh intelligent. And in the book, I learned that he had a philosophy degree that Ama told him to go get. Hala, fellow philosophy majors. But at the same time, it was very low. So he would talk very softly. Uh There was definitely an Indian accent to his English, though he had very good English. It was delivered in these sort of waves. That's interesting. I actually remember him having a British accent. That would make sense. Oh, okay. But mixed with, I think, okay, you know, maybe. the delivery of someone whose first language was oh, okay. one of the Indian languages. Yeah, and it was truly hard 
to even get my brain to go like, this isn't a lullaby, this is a talk, listen to the words. Right, because it was such a concert from... And also, it didn't help that it was over you know, a speaker system. And so you had various versions of this arriving at slightly different times from different parts of the room. So I had a hard time just like even picking out a single sentence and holding onto it in my head. Yeah, we both tried to. We were both (laughs) listening at the same time. We're like, okay, let's try to just write down one sentence that we can understand the whole sentence. And and you'd be missing just a couple words that had been maybe too softly enunciated. Or or, said in such a way that it came at you in just a strange way and your brain had to process it just a little too late. Right. Yeah. Did he say that word or did he say that word? Well, neither of those fully make sense in the context of, oh, shoot, he's saying something else now. Right. So here's a couple that I got. The important thing of life will be how much you thought about God. It is us who need God and not the other way around. Okay. There are numerous uncontrollable factors that influence the heart. But imagine 24 minutes of that. Yeah. Just one sentence after another delivered without any excitement or, right. you know, like, hey, I'm saying oh, this Variability. Now, but this, right, exactly. Yeah. This is also important. Really, you need to remember, you know. You don't appreciate how much is communicated through tone and cadence and stuff until you meet a guy like this but some of it would be like parables telling a story of some guy and you're not sure if this was a real person or just someone mm-hmm. who's being used to illustrate a point there and was something about like people in a car who get stopped and sit on the hood of the car because they're oh, mad at each other or that's something. That's right, yeah. But it was so long. The story was so long. It was too long. <laughs> <laughs> like, to where I couldn't follow the point. I wanted to, but I was just like, huh? What's, what is this? Yeah, Why so, are we doing this? So it was just a really weird experience in the moment trying to lock onto something, like some takeaway, but then being washed over in waves of <laughs> other, <laughs> other sentences and thinking, okay, wait, maybe I can find something here that I can hold on to. No, not really. Well, okay, what about the next paragraph? It was just really weird. Yeah, I think it's probably not unlike when people talk about like the, the effect of chanting or rhythmic talking and how that will kind of lull people into like a certain brainwave state where you're just sort of only sort of halfway there. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that's intentional here, but I think there's a, a similar, like, it's hard to keep your higher faculties engaged while listening to that. Yeah, it was, essentially it was an address that felt like a guided meditation uh-huh. in that your mind will start to wander off and then someone won't speak for a while and then you'll realize like, oh shoot, he's talking again. Right. And it was that kind of delivery, which is convenient because then he did go into a guided meditation, had us focus on breathing. I don't know if they called it a meditation per se, but that's... Kind of what it was. We were focusing on our breath. I was telling you, Ross, that I feel like this guy should do voiceover and play a cartoon owl in a Disney movie. (laughs) And you had exactly the right word for his delivery, which is soporific. Oh, yeah. I could easily go to sleep listening to that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're already now a few hours into this event and... Yeah, so it's like 8, 9 p.m. now. Next, we had a chant that we repeated together. This is not a word-for-word translation. I'm going to be saying it wrong, but it started with Om Manaha. So we would all say something like that together. Om Manaha. 
we were turning around and doing this. Uh-huh. It reminded me of R.E.M.'s Stand, that music video. Oh, okay. Yeah. Stand in the place where you were. And then you turn just 90 degrees, 90 degrees, 90 degrees. So we'd do the rotations and we'd be singing this together. It's the whole room. It's always fun when you've got, you know, like a thousand people chanting the same thing. Yeah. It's just a cool effect. But then after a while, it kept going and we would say, Oh, mana shakim manaha. <laughs> oh, mana shakim manaha. And you're thinking, okay, this is getting high. The fellows are going to drop out. We're going to be done in a sec. Oh, mana shakim manaha. Okay, well, this has got to be over. Oh, All right, well, obviously. Yeah, all right, well, we did it. Oh, All right, well, we certainly reached the... Oh, Well, I mean, surely. Oh, Yeah, until you're sort of creaking out those last notes. It was, uh, it was really cracking Entertaining. Me up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kara's having a good time. Yeah, it was very funny. Finally got to the end of that, and it was time to sit back down again. Then just more talking, occasional singing. But then they would have words on the screen for that. And it reminded me of our brief visit to the Sikh Gudwara. Mm-hmm. Very similar music. Like if you look at the lyrics, they're kind of these praise notes about the depth of the divinity and uh, how great your feet and, you know. How great are your feet? Yeah. Now, <laughs> well, I, I remember one lyric because, and again, I'm like reading these streams of phrases saying like, you know, you stretch across all consciousness and contain all wisdom in all of the cosmos, you know, stuff like that. And one of the phrases said something like, and you of the thin waist. Oh, that's right. You, you are thin waisted. <laughs> you, I don't know how to express this in words, but you went like this. <laughs> Carrie is scrunching up her face and leaning back because that's what I did. Like, yeah. really? <laughs> so I remember trying to like search for that phrase uh-huh. to see if I could find some common Hindu chant or other praise song within Hinduism and uh, nothing came up there were Hmm. various thin-waisted results but nothing that kind of fit within this overall cadence so yeah i was just curious like is this a popular song or are they just making this up what's going on yeah seems like an outmoded female ideal you know that went on for 20 minutes you know Mm -hmm. this kind of music singing so there are all these ways just to kind of keep this procession going on Mm -hmm. and then sometimes they'd take a break for a while and they'd close up the cube yeah. We'd go back to sitting around or maybe just hearing music in the background. And I mean, yeah, woman's got to pee. Go let her pee. Sure. Yeah. Fair. Maybe poop. After we had gone through that main service, then we just kind of went into waiting mode because we were told, now we're going to start calling up people, watch for your number. Yeah, which as you'll all recall is FZ. FZ. We are number FZ. <laughs> So we're watching them set up these really tall metal rods that have the numbers that you can flip over, like the old style sports counters. Yeah, like, yeah, hey, yeah. you just hit a home run. We're going to flip over one, two, faces were loaded, four. Yeah. And it started out at A1. 
Mm-hmm. That okay? I thought, wait, A1? Because we have FZ. Right. Where does this fit so in? I'm thinking already like, well, this isn't great. We're going to go A1 through A9? Well, yeah. Like, yeah. do we go into double digits? I don't know. So then do you go from A10 to B1? B1? Or do you go to AA? Yeah. And then work up to AZ? And then where's FZ? Either way, it's not looking great for us. Right. (laughs) Being FZ when you start with A1. So we're thinking, okay, well, I guess these next few minutes will portend our future. Yeah. And you want to start asking everyone around you, like, can I see your token like right is there a zz is there a z5 like you know where is this gonna go yeah it's like when you're lining up at the airport and everyone's like wait you're 44 i'm number 45 get behind me Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. southwest so you've got a bunch of people who like start laying down to catch some winks yeah we were there watching these numbers go up and letters and just not sure what the system was. Mm-hmm. And I asked one of the ladies who was doing the number flipping and said, hey, I'm FZ. I'm a little worried about my parking spot because the lot's going to close at 11. Mm-hmm. And by this point, it was 10, 15. Uh-huh. Do I have time to go move my car? <laughs> it, it's like 0.8 miles away. I'm giving her way more info than she needs. But, you know, I want to make sure I'm here to hug when it's my turn to hug. And she said, oh, that would be a wise decision. Uh, so I leave the building. I run down to Hollywood Boulevard. I leave my book with you. And I ask you not oh, to flip yeah, to not the end of the book. Oh, yeah, not to go to the end of the book. I didn't. You look like that was a really difficult ask. Well, it was just so, you know, it's like, just, hey, whatever you do, you know, don't look in that room. You're going to be like, what's... What's in the room? <laughs> I could I could feel Don't that. go in the West Wing. So I leave the building and I get down on Hollywood Boulevard. I walk along past some Scientologists mm-hmm. who give me this. Do I, I know you? No, I don't think they recognize me. Oh, okay. But like it was one of those young cocksure guys who was like, uh-huh. I know so much more than you do. <laughs> and I'm clearing the earth. You should really talk to me. And I'm thinking, I don't have time for this right now. So I <laughs> rush past him and... You kind of half-jogged my way 0.8 miles to my car, drove back, got really close to Hollywood and Highland and found a, a nice open spot on the street. So then I walk all the way back up there and then you point out that your phone is getting really low. I think you were at 9% battery. I was like at 20% battery. Uh-huh. And so we realized like this could go on for a long time. At the rate these numbers are going, mm-hmm. I think we've still got a while and i keep doing the thing where you know i say to drew hey i'm gonna turn my phone off i'll turn it back on when i'm leaving so you know and then you're like i, I have to check in because he's, he's gonna, gonna think i'm dead right so i just kept turning it on and being like no hugging yet turn off <laughs> <laughs> so i run back to my car do this all again <laughs> but at least i don't have to run quite as far this time you got your cardio the scientology place is already closed for the night I grab the charger, run back, and then, yeah, you go sit over by the exit on the opposite side of the room Mm -hmm. next to the kids, Mm -hmm. reading for a while. This is earlier, but I went back to complete my purchase. Ross is going shopping! Yeah, but I also wanted to buy a picture of Ama. Oh, sure. Which I put in the back of my book. That's why I didn't want you to flip to the back of the book, because it was for you. What? See, I had a gift for you back there. It's... 
hidden away. I'm going to give it to you. Oh, okay. All right. For, I just thought that was the reveal. For Christmas. Oh, okay. That would have been a good reveal. I don't know. I don't have it on me. <laughs> Anyways. There was one particular picture, just a picture by itself that I almost bought. Oh. I wonder. Okay. I'm doubting it's the one, but it's possible. Okay. Interesting. Oh, wait. There were two, actually. Yeah. I didn't get either one. You're going to describe these? One was her with a bunch of religious leaders. There was the Pope. There oh. Were yeah, there were like a bunch of religious leaders. She looked very proud to be there. Sure. And then another looked satanic. Like she was sitting on the floor. She was surrounded by like maybe a protective circle or something, but it just looked like Whoa. Satanism as depicted in horror movies. It was like very dark. Everything and... they warned us about in Sunday <laughs> right, school. Right, like red and purple tones. And I was like, is this not giving off the vibe you mean for it to give off? <laughs> yeah, that's the one I got you. Is that true? No. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. So I picked that up. It was $5 for the photo, $13 for the book, because it was $18 total. So I went back to the cash register, paid, took my little stamped slips back, picked up my ill-gotten goods, and uh, returned to the chairs to sit there for a while. And I probably went over there about this time, and there's very little to do. Mm-hmm. Might as well keep on wandering around these tables. So I'm starting to read her biography while sitting in the chair and just doing stuff on my phone. I bought a couple books myself. So I mentioned to you Days with the Universal Mother, Volume 1. In our last episode, we went through the seven or eight miracles Mm -hmm. described therein. I also got Days with the Universal Mother, Volume 2, which I hold in mine own hand. Ooh. And I just thought this was very funny that they had it. It's just like a facial washcloth. Oh, yeah. um, That just said, Ama. I was like, yeah, all right. Sure, I need a towel. Yeah. Sure. And I checked with somebody uh, up front, again, the sign lady, and said, hey, can I have her bless this book? Oh, yeah. She's like, yeah, sure. And I had the same thought. I thought, okay, I'll have her bless this towel, but I'll tell you how that went down. Okay. So it's getting light. You wander off for food for a while. Okay, so I was getting hungry, and I'm thinking, (laughs) I remember texting you, this has got to be another 90 minutes, which... Good God, was it an understatement? <laughs> so I'm going to run down to Johnny Rockets because I knew they have a vegan burger at Johnny Rockets. It's it's in the same complex that we're in. So I go down a flight, go to this Johnny Rockets, order a vegan burger, yeah. get, order some French fries, mm-hmm. read my book, eat my French fries, eat my burger, walk all the way back up. And as I'm approaching the door, they say, can I just see your token real quick? And I reach in my pocket and I go, what? I had one job. I only had one job. They said, don't lose that token. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. For years, we've been trying to do this. They said they won't give you a replacement token. They said it's like cash. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I was so tired, too, that it really like got to 10 immediately. So as we'd mentioned before, maybe we hadn't. You had had maybe six hours of sleep over the past three days, you said. Yeah, something like that. So you're frazzled. I think you were texting me saying something like, well, I guess... Maybe at least you can do it and talk about it. And that yeah. this is part of the storytelling that I lost my token. <laughs> that I'm the worst. I think I and- was out retrieving my car at this time. Sorry, time is very fluid in all of this. <laughs> this <laughs> many, we might still be there. We don't know. Ma- many hours have eclipsed. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to retrace my steps and just 
just in case. So I walk back to the Johnny Rockets, you know, head completely down, just looking at every step I took and right in front of the Johnny Rockets, truly two, three feet from the door. I see it. Yeah, I was with you. I'd come back and I was looking for a bathroom. We'd gone to the Johnny Rockets. They didn't have a bathroom. Right. We walk out of there and yeah, you find it on the ground like, oh my goodness. And here's something else I dropped out of my wallet. (laughs) That's right. What was that? It might have been a Midsommar ticket stuff. (laughs) I saw loves that movie four times in the theater. What? What is going on? It's so good. Have you seen it? No. Oh, right. We gotta go. I want to see. <laughs> You're gonna go back to the theater. <laughs> it's not in any theaters. If it were, I would. Okay, so they let you back in this time, at least. Yeah. What are we doing? Oh, Ama. Yes. So <laughs> I went back and uh, showed them my token. Got in. Well, this was my favorite moment because <laughs> at this point, when we returned to the theater, and I remember because I have photographic evidence of this, it was a little after eleven o'clock, and we've been here since five. Yeah. And I was thinking, well, I hope we haven't missed our turn. I've worked, you know, a full eight-hour day at work, and now Mm -hmm. we're six hours into this thing. (laughs) And we walk in, and we've got our FZ tickets, and we've watched these numbers slowly creep up. And what do we see hanging from (laughs) the metal bars? L3. L3. (laughs) And I've never seen this much despair in a face I look at Gary and her face just melts into misery. <laughs> Abject misery. Oh, that's so funny because it felt like that combination of glee and yeah. okay. Well then you at started own, yeah. you started maniacally laughing. <laughs> it was like my favorite scene in the money pit. Have you seen that one with oh, no. you know that everything's going wrong in this house and their relationship is falling apart and they're trying so hard just to stay above water and they're sinking all this money into this house and they go to turn on the bathtub. It creaks and then falls through the floor and falls through the next floor and falls through the next floor. And you look up through the broken levels of this floor to them looking down. And Tom Hanks just starts laughing (laughs) uproariously. He can't stop. And this was you as you realize that we are only at L3. Whatever the hell that means, it's not anywhere close to FZ. (laughs) We're not even scratching the surface. And it's 11 o'clock. <laughs> and you don't even have a roadmap for like, where does this go to FZ? When does the system change? Which tells me Are that- Are we at the right event? <laughs> <laughs> Which tells me that it is purposefully obscuring. Probably. That like, we'll just never know. So we were there, goodness, like a little past midnight. I remember it was T4. <laughs> <laughs> And we got there at 5 p.m. And then at 1.33, it had gotten to BZ. All right. So at least now we're like, cool. (laughs) Okay, two letters. Are we going back through like C and a bunch of numbers or letters before we get to D, E, or F? But thankfully, it it started moving up. Every now and then, it would just be on the same combo Mm -hmm. for... 12 minutes and so you'd just be staring at it going change please which 12 minutes wouldn't have been long for the a1s a2s a3s though right no yeah but just every now and then gotten used to a more rapid cycle every now and then arbitrarily it would just stop for a while yeah like no please you need to at least (laughs) be making progress Uh, 
Yeah, oh. it's like if you told a kid, don't worry, you only have to get through 12 grades of school, but grade seven is like several years. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> like, Wait, what? Then it's more than 12. Yeah, you're going to enroll in 7B. What? There's right. B's? What? 7C. You know what it's like? Scientology. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm moving laterally. I'm not making forward <laughs> progress. This is terrible. <laughs> You had gotten your phone charged halfway, and so I took the charger, and I was sitting down there. Oh, yeah, so I went over to the same place I thought you were, and I was looking for an outlet. So I'm kind of scouring the ground, and I see a table with a charger underneath it, like one of these multi-port power extenders. And I see a woman sitting at the table, and she's got something plugged in there. So I come over, and I say, oh, would it be all right if I grabbed one of these empty plugs? And she said, ah, hmm. She scrunched up her face. I'd really rather you didn't. Oh, okay. I didn't know if this was uh, the facilities or if this was yours. She said, oh, well, it's the facilities. I'm thinking, oh, well, why did I even ask you? But (laughs) now now you've told me not to use it. And so I I went just kind of wandering around for a while. The self-respect that person must have that they felt like they didn't even have to give you any sort of narrative reason. So I wander around this corner of the building for five minutes. And I think finally she just sees how pitiful I look (laughs) trying to get electricity for my device. And she says, as if she's, you know, taking great pity upon this poor Mm -hmm. soul, you know, like, you know what? You can come over and use this. It's okay. You know what? I wonder if she's one of these EMFs are dangerous people and she saw you had the phone. Well, she's using a laptop herself. <laughs> Don't try, try to rationalize the EMF fear. <laughs> people are big on the cell phone being especially bad. Okay. Well, anyway, so I finally plug in and I'm I'm there reading the biography on the ground while I'm plugged into this thing. And then some kids come by and they've got an iPad that they want to plug in. Mm-hmm. They start gathering and you're around. you're like, hey, I'd rather you didn't. <laughs> Actually, the boy asked me and I said, well, it's not mine, but uh, I've got no problem with you using it. <laughs> so then other kids start to join this kid and other kids start to join this kid. And so they're just kind of huddling around. So they've got like their foot sort of right on the cable. And then like some other kids kind of starting to brush up against me. So I'm moving as far away as I can from this charger. And I keep kind of moving farther and farther as all this crowd of kids. Kids is pushing me away from this. And I'm trying to maintain my bubble, you know. Uh huh. Oh, right, right, right. And they have none. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm covered like in this passel of children. <laughs> but then I get to sort of observe their behavior. They're just playing some silly game on the phone. And this dad comes over and he tells one of the kids, Hey, our number's coming up soon. Don't you think it would be a good idea to come join us right now? Yeah. And he's got to get hugged. He's a white man with a beard and like he's wearing the loose, long flowing clothing, but it's kind of like silky and nice and colorful. And like, Oh, wow, you're not doing this for the first time, I Mm -hmm. guess. Mm -hmm. So he wanders away for a while. And the boy, I'm kind of watching him, he doesn't move at all. And he just keeps playing the game or watching the other kid play the game. And finally, the father comes and grabs him by the ear. Oh, wow. And pulls the kid up. And I think, I don't know if I've ever actually seen that other than in a movie. Yeah, in like a Christmas story or something. Right, right. Yeah, when we're evoking the 50s or earlier. Right. That we grab a kid by the ear and, and pull then, them. And like stick a bar of soap in his mouth. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, it was just such a weird like thing that I've never actually witnessed before. Yeah. Anyways, we're, we're shifting around the building. We're trying to pass along these many hours of waiting and waiting and waiting. So it was around... 1.30, a little after 1.30, that finally we crept up to DZ. All right. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Carrie, Carrie, this is real. Here, here it comes. We're finally going to get up here. But isn't this a good time to brush my teeth? 
You probably should if, if you're about to practice your darshan with a spiritual being. Be really close to her. She might smell my breath. You should have a pure and fresh mouth. That's what I'm thinking. And you know what I wish I had brought, but I didn't? Your quip toothbrush. Exactly. Ross, we you are see, like one see, mind. We've got it. Just like I knew to buy that photo for you. You know, the holiday shopping season's here, Ross. It is. And this year, your gift can start next year's good habit with Quip. Quip is something that's sure to put a smile on everybody's mouth because it's dental care they'll actually want to use every day. It's true. It's true because I use it every day. Yeah. And I got one for my wife as well. Speaking of gift nice. getting. Does she like it? She does. She got the red one. If you use a Quip, you can marry Ross. You heard it here. Quip is mm -hmm. a thoughtful <laughs> and practical gift with an electric toothbrush, refillable floss, and toothpaste, all intentionally designed to make good habits simple. The Quip electric toothbrush has sensitive sonic vibrations and a timer with 30-second pulses to guide your routine, and the Quip floss dispenser has pre-marked strings so you always use the right amount. They think of everything. They really do. When I think of pre-marked strings, I think of a violin. Beautiful art, you know? Mm -hmm. Quip is beautiful art. Plus, Quip delivers brush heads, floss, and toothpaste refills every three months. So join over three million happy customers and check everyone off your gift list right now with Quip. Just go to getquip.com slash oh no to save on gift sets and to get your first refill free with a refill plan. Ooh, that's your first refill free at getquip.com slash oh no. That's getquip.com slash oh no. Okay, so we're giddy at this point. We're finally going to get up there. So let's get together. Let's head over there and make sure we're ready. Make sure we're right where they need us to be. Surely there will be an intuitive line system where you just line <laughs> up like normal people. So we get within the valence of kind of the seats where we were before, but up ahead of those. And this is now the dedicated Darshan line. Mm -hmm. There's little signs to that effect. So Darshan is a term for either giving something to your guru or vice versa. Oh, interesting. I, I believe. I, I see it as like a, an interaction with a holy presence, mm -hmm. a communion of sorts. So uh, there's a bunch of handlers up there and we kind of walk up and they say, okay, well, first of all, you're going to have to take off your shoes. Oh, okay. okay all right. So, uh, right. so we start removing sort of like baggy clothing, but also you've got merchandise and you don't want to like... That they've really isolated you for the purpose of making you buy said merchandise. Right. And now you think, well, I don't want to just leave it sitting, you know, because if it goes missing, mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know these people. Yeah. I assume they just heard a sot song. I assume they're going to be <laughs> uh, moral people, but I feel like I shouldn't be leaving out the book I just bought. And we don't even know what the moral of that sitting on the car hood story was. Maybe it's steal people's stuff. And she said a lot of things in Malaya. Um, yeah. Who knows what they who meant? Knows? So thankfully, there was a little bag check area. But also, that's important because they want to make sure you turn off your cell phone. Yeah. And you get that thing the hell away from Ama. Yeah. This was interesting. Surrender your phone. So I asked. I'm just curious. Why huh. do you not want the cell phones up there? And they said, for her security. And I kind of, you know, like kind of cocked my head like... And she said, uh, I don't know. It's just like, you never know what people can hide things in there now. I'm like, okay. Well, hmm. I mean, you can take pictures with it. might be a bigger threat than someone hiding something in your phone. Yeah. 
Phones don't even have laser pointers. Then she said, well, you know, people have tried to kill her. Then I looked it Mm -hmm. up and there have been a couple assassination attempts. People who have just come Ah. to these and just run the stage with like a knife. Well, I don't know if anyone's tried to like bludgeon her with a phone. Uh, Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) Like, how are you going to fit that in there? But for whatever reason, they're like orange bag, phone, in it. So then you can also put in things like your book, except mm-hmm. I wanted to take my book up with me to get blessed. So, right. So and I, I wanted to put my purse in there and they were like, there's not room. So I had to go put my purse, you know, so yeah, next we, to strangers. We went and we put like, you know, my uh, overshirt and my shoes down and you put down your purse and we said, we'll come back to you. Mm-hmm. Hold still. And then we got in the TSA line. We get in the Darshan line. And so you're sitting in the chairs and then they are just scrupulously monitoring you. In this bizarre way. They want to make sure, okay, uh, you're sitting two by two next to each other. Okay, there's a row right in front of you. One of the people in that row moved to the row ahead of them. You need to, quick, quick, carry, get up, take that seat. Sit Abandon in the empty seat. Abandon your friend Ross, who will still sit in that seat, and you move up. Okay, now the person who is sitting behind Carrie, you move into Carrie's seat. So all these pairs of people are getting like... Separated and then reunited, reunited, and separated, separated. and then jumping. Oh, hey, then maybe back. two seats ahead of each other, yeah. and then they're reunited. And then you know, all of us, all the guests, are politely being like, "Oh, are you with her? Just go ahead." <laughs> you know, which is then the the person in charge is like, "Oh no, oh, God, you go where we tell you." Yeah. Yeah. So then I'm sitting next to some other random woman. Oh, hello, random woman. Uh, nodding at her. At least we're all very quiet and reverential at this point. Right. Also, at the same time, while we're just playing this ridiculous game of musical chairs. <laughs> They're handing us these pamphlets on how to address Ama, like mm-hmm. what you're going to be doing, and how to get your mantra. A mantra. So we didn't know this was going to happen until this moment. This was new information. Like, you might be able to get a mantra. And I remember hearing earlier that you could tell Ama something like, Ama bless, if mm-hmm. you have something that you want blessed, or you can tell the people up front. I want this blessed, and she may do it. But then it was saying you can also say Ama Mantra. Yeah. Which is a bit of a tongue twister. The woman handing out the card said, this is a special thing tonight. It's not every time, so you guys are very lucky. Oh, interesting. Oh, you didn't hear this part. I okay. didn't, no. You were probably three seats ahead of me. But yeah, she said, it's very unique. You're very lucky. You can ask her for a mantra. You just say Ama Mantra, and she can tell if you're ready. Okay. So, so I, I definitely, she may give it to you. She may not. I think it said it in the paperwork that, you know, you're not guaranteed a mantra. Yeah. This is like an important spiritual thing that Ama will give you a phrase that you're going to repeat. And it was it very- It says, oh yeah, go ahead. Like this will essentially become your new daily mission and your new goal in life is to repeat this all the time. I think it said literally every day until your last day. So it's like, oh, okay, as you're sitting here in line for this event, you most of us probably randomly decided to go to. I'm now deciding what I'm going to do every day for the rest of my life. I'm getting married next year. (laughs) That doesn't sound quite as intense. What else was it saying on that form? It was it was giving us guidelines about kind of what to do and what not to do and what all of this meant. And there were little disclaimers about uh, not sharing any of this information. This is highly proprietary. Oh, did it? Yeah. Uh Uh-oh. Well, it's not word for word. We're not sharing uh, copies of it or anything like that. Cool, cool. Yeah, I didn't get the sense that it was like... Don't even talk about it. Right, right. But it was like, do not not reproduce this kind of thing. Oh, okay. Well, we won't make copies for anybody. Right. Don't Uh, even ask people. 
I think it was like explaining some of the significance of approaching her and and just basic etiquette of it all. Because, you know, she is God. She is the representation of Krishna and or Devi, the mother. This is a perfect moment to make you all wait for us to get hugged so that I can tell you about the crazy things that the author of the book I'm reading calls Ama. Okay. Okay, this is just a short list. She calls her the greatest among gurus, the power behind body, mind, and intellect, the personification of patience, the sole refuge for all beings enslaved by the body, she who delights in divine spirit, the divine mother who removes all diseases and sorrows of her children and bestows on them health, longevity, and liberation. I started making this list on page 10. Just by that point, I was like, this Uh is going to be a lot of stuff. But even before that, you know, it was pretty constant. Yeah, like right here I have in this biography that she was established in the ultimate state of God realization. Wow. Those are superlatives so super I don't understand them. It's funny. There was one part where it was talking about just how amazingly humble she is. (laughs) Sure. All right. So, uh, yeah, then we're kind of pushed one seat at a time up onto the raised platform area that's connected to the dais. So then we get up a little bit closer. There's another series of chairs that we've got to kind of jockey between. Oh, oh, my chair just opened. Quick, get in it. Someone needs to sit there. It was totally like the ride at Disneyland. Like, okay, I need I need right. two people right do here. People, Please. Do we have a set of three? We need a three. Uh, any single riders? Single riders. <laughs> yeah. We get up on the stage and we're getting progressively closer. Yeah. Uh, but then there was a bank of chairs like three rows of chairs. Because she's in the center and there's, you know, on this stage, there are seats surrounding her. Then there are people surrounding her. Then leading up to the stage, you've got a security person who's checking everybody, has a big, you know, earpiece in his ear. Mm -hmm. And then this row of chairs that are sort of, step two of three to get up there. And so Uh you sit in those chairs. But again, it's like, someone moved, you have to move. I don't care that you're with that guy, just go. Right. And the the cube is very active and we've been watching it for hours now, four or five hours. Yeah, I'm sure there's a very specific name for what this thing is, but I'm calling it the cube. (laughs) And uh, we've got cameras trained on it. So we've been watching Ama with people coming up and getting hugged all night. Yeah. So it's been going on for a long time, for sure. And we could see from the monitors that she's leaning in and she's saying something in their ears. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, we've at least gotten that one angle glimpse of kind of what's going on that there's always sort of a few heads waiting behind the heads right in front of her and when it's time to get your hug she'll kind of pull you in uh, your head onto her bosom but a little Mm -hmm. higher you know so she can kind of lean over you and lean down and you'll see her bring her head down with her lips close to someone's ears yeah it seems like someone whispering Mm -hmm. for a few seconds usually like five seconds maybe yeah and then she lets go of their head so she kind of has one arm wrapped around the nape of their neck Uh uh-huh and then she'll let them go. And sometimes she's sort of rocking them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cuddling them a little bit. Yeah. Now we're finally like in the final three layers of chairs <laughs> up on the dais. And there's just tons of people around. There's hangers on. There's the people ordering all of us and exactly where we need to be. And at this point now, like starting to physically grab us mm-hmm. and kind of guide our motions. When I went up. I mean, you're herded very quickly and it, and everybody has a job with how to manhandle you. So it happens <laughs> super swiftly and right. roughly. So they push me up. They get me in 
the front row of chairs next to her. Yes. Perpendicular to her, if you will. And you sit there and for a while watching her. Like a minute. But yeah, yeah it, this is all happening so fast that that feels like a while. So I'm sitting perpendicular to her. Someone came and pushed my knees yes. so that they would be pushed toward her at like a 45 degree angle yes. so that I could more quickly go be pushed, be down. pushed down in front of her. And as that happened, someone ripped the glasses off my face. Oh, no. Yeah. Like, <gasps> and I mean, in one motion, it wasn't like an accident. It was like, this is what we do with the people with the glasses. You remove them. So they ri- yeah, they just ripped them off my face as I'm pushed into her. It did not say that on the sheet. Yeah, as I'm pushed into her boob. And <laughs> I mean, I don't need my glasses for seeing up close, so it was fine, but and it was shocking. very close to her. <laughs> True. And so you're kind of stunned for a second. Yeah. And she cradled me and she leaned in and this is what happens, you guys. Are you ready? She went, doo 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 yeah, I think it was like D-U-R-U. So I listened to that. I was like, okay, remember that sound, what it yes, was. Yes. And then, so I'm thinking that, and you know, a second and a half later, she sort of releases me, and I, I looked at her and I said, Ama Mantra? Oh, wow. I think you it was just it. a second too late. I okay. don't know if she heard me or not, but I was so quickly ushered out. And I was like, oh, I asked her for a mantra. And they kind of, you know, gave well, a little shrug. It was like, oh, she didn't select you, I guess. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was here for nine hours. <laughs> 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 All I got is duru, duru, duru. But, I mean, I got to take a moment to say, I am incredibly impressed with her endurance. Yeah. Because I can think of situations where I've been kind of holding a similar pose or doing the same thing for a long time. And, like, after a while, like, just the muscles in your face start to melt. Yeah. And, you know, you're just not able to coordinate your motions fully anymore. Mm -hmm. It's got to be exhausting. She's been on for hours. Even just when we do our live shows and people come up to take pictures with us, which is a delight. But mm-hmm. afterward, my cheek muscles hurt from yeah. smiling for every photo. Yeah, totally. And that's 45 minutes. You know, and she's not necessarily saying cheese with each person, but she is regularly smiling. She's glancing all over the place. It was interesting just watching her on the monitor as other people were approaching because her gaze would almost just be kind of like constantly in flux. And she would sometimes do the whole the hugging motion and and performance without really making like full eye contact with the person. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, here's a head. Gra- yep. Grab the head almost in like a headlock, uh-huh. you know, kind of whisper down and okay, they're moving on, but she's busy looking at someone nearby or something else yeah, happening. Yeah, like a ticket taker taking your ticket stub. Oh yeah, and did you get your towels blessed? I kind of made a split second decision about I'm probably only going to be able to get out mantra or bless. I'm going to go for mantra. Oh, okay. So I did have it, and it did end up getting pressed into her. So it has touched Ama, but oh. it wasn't specifically uh, blessed. It's Ama adjacent. I'd say. <laughs> Ama I'd say you could sell that for Ama adjacent. <laughs> I'd say you could sell it for 108 bucks. And- eh, write to me if you want it. If you're willing to give 108 dollars to like the National Resource Defense Council for it, I'll send it. To I you. am honored that I was the first to use that towel. Yeah. I broke it out for you when you were at I, my place I and I didn't my hands. have a towel out. Yeah. <laughs> so consider that when you buy it or sell it. <laughs> Maybe it's worth even more 
maybe than one hundred eight dollars. I think I could add another three dollars. Anyway, so <laughs> so I'm behind you, and yeah, just there's people pressed all around. And it's this very tight choreography, and they know exactly where they want you to be, but you don't know exactly where they want you to be. So you're just gonna let them mm-hmm. manhandle mm-hmm. you, and everything is happening at this point so fast. Everything's been so slow, mm-hmm. and now it's all super mm-hmm. fast. Yeah, it's super coordinated, and your brain's just kind of going everywhere, uh-huh. and I, I feel like I'm perceiving less my memory of that moment was kind of like strobe like yeah this this totally. fraction happened then this fraction yeah so they're kind of grabbing me pulling me by the knees by the shoulders and just like wantonly moving me forward there's a woman right in front of me i just remember they were kind of like shoving my torso so that i was going to essentially bump up with my groin against oh, this no. woman's butt in front of me oh, it's God. like so i'm i'm physically like pushing back against <laughs> oh, them, like no. i don't want to yeah, yeah. assault this woman. <laughs> sure. And uh, so that was super uncomfortable. But then she was kind of moved out of the way. And then I'm pushed forward right into Ama. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she puts her arm around me. And it, it feels like seconds. But now I realize it must have been at least like six seven seconds something like that mm-hmm. but she leaned over and at first I got a really good look at you know just her close up and seeing kind of the the cracks in in her skin mm-hmm. and you know just you see a lot more detail she she's got a very prominent nose ring that's very yeah like, pretty it, yeah a very characteristic feature it's just interesting seeing the streaks of gray in her hair just like oh wow yeah. I'm seeing this person very this is a real person very close up then it's my turn for my head to be grabbed she leaned over and she whispered into my ear Something like that. Oh, okay. It, it was a combination of bagas and jej. Okay. And I did have, I just had her book in my hand. I didn't say anything, but she just kind of grabbed it out of my hand and held it. This was before the hug part, but she, she held it and she sort of grabbed it with her fist and pressed it to her lap for a second and then gave it back to me. Oh, okay. And yeah, as I'm, you know, being released and let go, she presses into my hand something did this not happen for you oh the hershey's kisses yes. are those from her i yeah. remember getting them but i didn't remember they were from her no, that's those, right those yes. are directly from her yeah so hugs and kisses so you know there's just this sort of like silent exchange of uh, you know i'm grabbing your hand and pressing this into it so as soon as i have a moment to step away from her and i've been manhandled out of this line i open up my fist and i've got one flower petal Oh, right. And two Hershey's Kisses. Okay. Directly from Ama. Speaking of the flower petals, every now and then earlier, when people would come up around her and maybe they'd sing or there'd be the thing with the kids, she would suddenly throw out like a huge handful of flowers, like confetti. And in a very sort of explosive motion, Mm -hmm. not the way you'd strew something gently at, say, a wedding or a parade. It was like, boom! (laughs) <laughs> it's like a like a little flower cannon. Yeah. So at least, you know, I know she, she's got a lot of flowers around. So I got one petal pressed into my hand. Nice. With the two Hershey's Kisses, I ate one right away. I ate both those kisses right away. And I saved the other one like, do I give it to a listener at some point? Oh, right. You did say that. It's, uh, it's going to melt. You got to take care of that sucker. <laughs> there was one woman who came down after me and I was watching everybody who was leaving Amma's embrace. And they let you sit on the stage for another three, four minutes watching and sort of being in mm-hmm. her presence. That's true. They don't they don't kick you off the stage, but they yeah. do put you back in your new place. So as watching people, there was one woman who had clearly had such a profound experience. She looked 
you know, sort of deer in headlights in the best way mm-hmm. as she came away. And, and she was looking, I could see her looking for whoever she had come with, like, I need to share this moment. I need to somehow express yeah. what I'm feeling. And, and then she didn't find who she was looking for and, and sat down and just tried to collect herself and was still just like staring off and sort of shaking her head. And I was like, what happened to you? <laughs> Why do you get this? I want that experience. <laughs> But I just got a lady who hugged me and went, doo 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 gave me some chocolates. Well, I think mine was much better with the J bugger J, 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 bugger Yeah, did you feel anything like, oh, okay, maybe this is what makes people have a dramatic experience? I mean, certainly just with the level of anticipation mm-hmm. and kind of watching this all from afar for the whole evening and then just suddenly to be like, I'm there, I'm in it, I'm, I'm yeah. that person now, this is me, this yeah. is my moment, I have yeah. mere seconds and I need to remember these seconds, this will be the story I tell of my spiritual conversion. Yeah. We've done mantras, we've been singing, We've been responding. Yeah. We've been listening. Like, yeah, I can see how all of that would really prime you, especially after waiting for so many hours and being exhausted. Yeah, for sure. I can I, I can see coming away from that just going like, oh my, what just happened to me? This is a big moment in my life. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I can get that. I can sort of wrap my head around it intellectually. Mm-hmm. I just didn't have any like, I don't know, physiological response or emotional response in the moment that made me like, okay, you know, oh, oh, I get the glimmer of Mm. the thing that you're getting at full blast. Gotcha. Yeah. I I think for me, my main, my main thought at this point was, I just wish I could run through that again. Cause I feel like, Mm. again, I had that strobe like memory where I just feel like I'm missing the connective tissue and just cause it happened so fast. Like, oh wait, I I want to observe more details and Mm -hmm, I can't. mm -hmm. Here's my poor human ability to fully comprehend everything that happened in that moment. Yeah. And now I'm just left with this kind of partial memory. Well, can I tell you my crackpot theory? Do it. I wonder if the people who have a really dramatic response are the people who are ASMR responsive. Oh. And by ASMR, we mean that tingly feeling that some people get when they listen to someone talking like this or... Maybe a certain sound like uh, fingertips rubbing against velvet. Yeah. A woman tapping her fingernails on a desk like that. Or maybe she's opening a little thing of creams. Yeah. (laughs) So my brain is now thinking how we could run an experiment where you set up a condition. Everybody is in a similar AMA-like situation, Uh but we've already separated them based on whether they are ASMR responsive or not. Uh Uh Yeah, I like where we're going with this study. This would be a fun study. (laughs) So I thought, okay, okay, there's going to be some sort of data on this. And I did find an interesting ASMR study, but it did not help in this question at all. But it's just interesting. It turns out there's like certain personality clusters around the Hmm. people who are ASMR responsive, Um, more neurotic, less social, uh, like lower social relationship values. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Interesting. Interesting stuff. We should quiz our listeners on which sound they like better. Do you like the... I don't know how she can do that so fast. Years of Malayalam speaking. Yeah, I guess that's right. You know, that also made me think immediately afterwards when we compared notes, I thought, okay... I want to know her technique now. Does she have a rotation where, like, I say, and then I say, and then I say, and then I say, and if you're rolling through 800 people a night, you only need this to be amazing for one out of 
50 to keep yeah, growing your following. Yeah, and what are the odds that two people are going to compare if you have, you know, like how many do you need for it to be distinct? So like if mm-hmm. I only have 20 mantras or uh, phrases that I go through, uh, what are the likelihoods that any two people are going to talk to each other and share that they have the same one? Though I don't know that she's claiming that they're different for everybody, is she? When I was reading in the biography, at least, it sounded like the mantras she gives people are distinct. But I don't know if what we got was actually a mantra. I think it was just it was just some little snippet of a prayer or something. I don't know. The people who were chosen for mantras after they left Amma's embrace, they would go up to this volunteer who was standing behind her, and he had this sort of long card catalog box, Hmm. and it had index cards of there couldn't have been more than thirty mantras. So he'd say, "What did she say to you?" and then lean in and they'd say oh she said something like interesting you know, doo, 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 doo. oh so you think and there he, was it didn't seem like they were hiding this or anything okay and then he would go oh okay that's this one and then hand them the card so they oh. could remember it okay so i don't think it's supposed to be totally unique gotcha okay well uh well, fair enough that kind of reminds me of scientology they've got like eight or more different courses that you can take you know to get into the first step you know, they'll find your ruin and they've got just the right course. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you've got financial oh, issues. Right. We've got this course for you. <laughs> right, right. Oh, you've got relationship issues. You take this course. Right. Oh, you have problems at work. Look at all these different doors we have to the same room. Take this. right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> By the way, if it wasn't clear, we should make it spell out that this is not a full hug where two people are hugging each other. Oh, true. You You're, do not put you your are arms. You being embraced by. Yes, you do not put your arms around Ama. She cradles your head in her arm. Yes, that's true. It's very much like the the rules of a haunted house. The actors may touch you, you may not touch the actors. <laughs> yeah, right. Or a or a um exotic dance. Yeah, you've got a bunch of people watching you the whole time. I guess because there have been credible threats against her. Yeah. There were a couple stories told in the biography about trying to stab her with blades. Yeah, okay. And then each time miraculously they suddenly could not move their muscles anymore or they were filled with penitence and they ran away you know so many of her miracle stories kind of end that way oh yes her subtly influencing the the proceedings this also reminds me somebody fulfilled carrie's wish she is now on wiki feet it turns out i have been since 2016 oh what i guess i stopped (laughs) looking at some point but someone found it and then pointed out like this account's been here since 2016 oh well never mind hey you've arrived And thanks for whoever picked a photo of my feet being extremely dirty. Well, that was because we had done an episode specifically about our feet. Yeah, I know. And we took a photo of them, so. Well, I'll just get more photos up of me. You know what? I'm going to run my own wiki feed. <laughs> I'm just going to start taking yeah, take charge. nonstop photos of my feet and putting them on wiki feed. <laughs> <laughs> That's more this important than like, me getting that Etsy store. This up. sounds like a <laughs> sounds like a good use of your time, and I feel like this will actually happen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, then after we got to sit there and just sort of bask in the afterglow of this hug, then they finally encourage us to okay, you can step down now and head back into the audience, get your phone back, get your shoes back on. 
Mm-hmm. And yet, so I, I don't know how much longer after us this continued to go because I don't understand this numbering system still. Yeah, who knows? Because sometimes it advances by the second letter. Sometimes it advances by the first letter. Sometimes there's numbers involved. I don't know. I'm surprised they didn't count back at some point because I think they really are trying to keep you from knowing like, okay, at this rate, I need to come back at 2 a.m. Also a reminder, when we walked up, there was a special line for people who had never been hugged by Ama and we were in it. Yep. Yeah. So we had like a prized position. So we thought. And it still took... We discovered it was nine and a half hours, I think, to get hugged. Yeah, so what were the A1 people doing? Like, I should ask them, like, who do you got to sleep with? (laughs) I think that they were the people who had come to the actual week-long retreat. The retreat, okay. Or at least, it it was like a a couple days retreat. Sorry, I mean weekend long, yeah. Yeah, so when I did finally get my phone and turn it back on, it was 2.15 in the morning. Good God. So we had been there for over nine hours. (laughs) That's ridiculous. To get hugged. That's how long it took us. To get a hug. And I'll tell you what, I've had better hugs. (laughs) Indeed. I absolutely have. I mean, it was was great, actually. Yeah, I have no no complaints. C plus. I I enjoyed my interaction with Ama. I'm not not dinging that. But yeah, there's been better hugs for sure. This normal person hugging you. This reminds me, during the many hours that we were just kind of loafing around, there was a guy sitting next to me, very friendly, uh, European clearly, and he said, oh, this is much better. I've waited twice this long before. Oh, wow. To get hugged. Yeah. Oh, buddy. Yeah. Why? (laughs) Yeah. I'll hug you. Yeah, right. Yeah, I should say, you want a hug? Yeah. Free hugs. That actually, whoa. It's wild that this event doesn't have a moment where they're like, hey, you know what? Everybody hug each other. Yeah. You know what? That's crazy. Missed opportunity. Yeah. That's crazy. Why have they not thought of that? Why don't you turn around to the person uh, to the right of you and give them a hug? They do that in church every single weekend. Exactly. And you'd think they'd be like, now it's just a reminder, God's in us all. So Alma just may have a very special intense presence, but... You're getting a hug from the divine, even when you hug your wife who you're mad at. or You know, milk this shit. Yeah, that was way better than many of the things that were said <laughs> that I understood. And if you ever are driving and you sit on the hood of a car and you need to get mad at your brother, go ahead and do it because someone might come by and try to change your tire. And there's a lesson there somewhere isn't there. Because life's like that. Because maybe it's really because your father was too mad at you when you were a child and now you don't have enough self-esteem. <laughs> yeah, that was about the size of it. <laughs> what just happened when you just said something? What? what? Sounds like a parable. I don't... Yeah, we, we hightailed it out of there afterward. Yeah, immediately. We didn't stick around because uh, some of us had to get back to work in the morning and, and some of us hadn't slept in a long, long time. Thank the fucking Lord that they didn't tell us something like, oh, you can go, but you can stick around for X. Because <laughs> Then I think, we'd be like obliged. It's like the supersize me. Exactly. Thing. I have a little bit of supersize me principle. You have massive supersize me principle. I think I would be like, oh, it's fine. We're fine. And Ross would be there till like 8 a.m. and be like, it's okay. You can go. <laughs> Yeah, thankfully they didn't. Yeah. Uh, but the event was still going on, and I don't know when it ended. I kept getting little glimmers from various mentions, things that people would talk about, that it sounded like usually these wrap up around 4 a.m. So I'm guessing there were a couple more hours to the event. Uh, when I listened to that interview with an, um, with an Ama devotee, the 
Rob Bell cast, mm-hmm. she said that when she would volunteer, she often wouldn't get her hug till 7 a.m. Yeah. So this can go on as long as an ayahuasca ceremony. Yeah. Wild. God. Well, I have been reading this book, Days with the Universal Mother, Volume 2. Ooh. Which, by the way, the back of it says, may the readers of this booklet attain material and spiritual prosperity and go beyond the cycle of birth and death. Well, may you. You know, a big promise for a booklet that was like $6. Yeah, good deal. But we got some more miracles, Ross. Okay, wait, who wrote this one? Uh, Swamini Atmaprana, who also goes by Leela. In the last episode, we left off with Miracle 7. Okay. Miracle 8. Ama makes Leela carry heavy sand for concrete for three days. Hmm. Leela's back becomes weak and stiff. The next day, she suffers from unbearable back pain and was in bed for some days. And later on, Ama cured her. I don't know how to feel about that. (laughs) Miracle 9. Leela had the thought that Ama is part of a divine play. That night, Ama asked her, how was the play? (laughs) Okay. It's it's a closer one. All right. Here's another. Leela was thinking of Ama and someone else, not Ama, called on the phone and could help her with her problem. That's not a miracle. That's a miracle from Alma. Nope. (laughs) Alma stood in a cold river for hours, passed out, was dragged ashore. Her followers prayed for her to come back to her body. And after they had rubbed her for several minutes, she came to. I need more information. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Miracle 13. Yeah, why, why did this happen? That's. They went to this river and Ama like just insisted on standing in it a long time because it was cold. <laughs> you know how these stories go. <laughs> well, I could tell you more and more of the story and you'd be no clearer. <laughs> All right. Miracle 13. Uh, Leela doubted Ama could be all loving. You can't doubt Ama, right? No, oh, boy. Bad things happen when you do that. So then one day, some followers were late coming home. And Leela could see that Alma was sort of looking anxiously at the road, trying to see if each car was their friends coming back. But Leela knew Alma's omniscient. She knows everything. So why should yeah. she be anxious? Mm-hmm. So then she realized her looking at the road anxiously proves that she is all love. She worries even when she knows you're fine. Miracle. Okay. Uh, <laughs> miracle 14. This it just reminds me of those little debates like, okay, well, if Jesus knows everything, then why does he need to ask that guy? Blah, 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 blah. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, let's use something else we haven't proven to help you understand. <laughs> right. Miracle 14. Leela has a urinary tract infection, okay. which are very painful and awful. Yeah. She's awake all night. She's in pain. She cries and prays to Ama and, quote, after a while, the pain subsides. Oh, I remember the after a while thing <laughs> mm-hmm. with the boils. Yeah. Right. Okay. Miracle 15. This is maybe my favorite one. Ama's eating lunch. Leela's food hasn't come yet. And Ama's like, hey, when your food comes, give me your yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Is this a miracle story? <laughs> yeah. And then Leela, Leela's like, "Of course, Alma, of course." So then their colleague, who's ser- serving the food, comes up and hands Leela her portion. Okay. And Leela's Leela takes the yogurt and hands it to Alma, and the colleague is like, "Oh, I can get you another yogurt." And she's like, "You know, if there's more, that's fine, but this is for Alma, who has already had a yogurt. This is her second yogurt." <laughs> Okay, so the colleague leaves and is like, yeah, I'm going to find you a yogurt, too. I'm waiting for a miracle. Colleague here. 
comes back and is like, you know what? We ran out of yogurt. <laughs> okay. And Still waiting for a miracle. That was the miracle. So Leela prostrates herself at the holy feet of Mama. <laughs> Did you want a yogurt that <laughs> I've never me. wanted a yogurt that in my life. For my favorite story <laughs> this, oh my god okay this reminds me one of the little stories in, in the second half of this biography okay was that someone complained about ama not having eaten in a while like you should really eat uh-huh. and so she said She's like, Do you have any yogurt? she said <laughs> she said bring me a plate of food and so they bring her a plate of food and she immediately eats it up and they're like stunned at how quickly it disappears oh my goodness and she says bring me another plate of food so they do that and it immediately disappears <laughs> Like, oh my goodness, how did you eat all that? And she says, Bring me more. And so she does this like multiple times and then, you know, gives them the sly grin. And they realize, like, oh, we should have never questioned Ama about her eating. So she's just showing them, you know. She's just going to do nonstop object lessons at us. Yep. (laughs) So I guess the lesson was, oh, I can eat as much as I want to. Yeah. Or as little as I want to. (laughs) For trying to look out for me. Yogurt. Okay, Miracle 16. Okay. Uh, in her head, Leela mentally asks Ama to, <laughs> she says, Ama, will you put your right foot on your left knee? Because Ama is meditating and she's like, I want proof that Ama can hear my thoughts. Oh. Ama, put oh. your right foot on your left knee. And she does. Okay. Okay. That's a fun moment. I don't know if it's a miracle, but it's a fun moment. Yeah, that's okay. cool. A little bit of ESP going on. Uh, miracle 17. Leela wondered why Ama doesn't have reddish brown eyebrows like uh, the goddess Kali. Mm, okay. And that night, all the built up sweat and soot on Ama's coat from hugging everybody got on her face nope. and her eyebrows. Nope. That's not a miracle. <laughs> That's the end of that story. That's the whole story. This is kind of gross. Uh, Miracle 18. Leela left her meditation to greet friends, and when she came back, a large coconut tree frond was in her seat. (laughs) 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 And then she's like, that could have killed me. Oh, okay. Is that true? A coconut, not a coconut, the frond. Well, like... Are they really heavy leaves? A fallen coconut can kill somebody, but yeah, the frond. The frond, though? Anyway, she made a big deal of this, that Amma saved her life. Uh, By the way, Amma, nowhere to be found in this story. And uh, good lesson, uh, don't sit under deadly things that might fall on you. Yeah, true. So Miracle 18, a wealthy family had Amma and her devotees visit. The family set out a special chair for Amma. They they were sort of new to Amma. Okay. The family's dog jumped in the chair. And the devotees are just appalled. They're like, that's Amma's chair. We decided that was Amma's chair. Mm-hmm. And the family, the very cool family says, well, our dog lives here. 
Huh. <laughs> and yeah. we're not gonna we're not gonna move our dog in her home. So Leela, of course, is like, oh my god, I can't believe this. So she prostrates herself at the foot of the chair, and the dog jumps down and quote, sat in a posture of prostration. And then she describes it, and it's a dog's play pose. You know, we're like, it's exactly like some uh-huh. prostration. Uh-huh. So then she tells this story about how everyone else, all her friends start jumping down and also doing <laughs> the prostration pose. And they're like, the dog just kept doing it. This feels like the caliber of 60% of the miracles <laughs> Yeah, that I recall. That's so interesting, too, because I feel like Ama will uh, have different responses. Sometimes she will chide you for not being reverent enough, but sometimes mm. she'll... Pro- she'll ding you for being too reverent. Uh, right. That reminded That's me- a pretty Jesus move. Right. Whatever you're doing, I have some correction for mm-hmm. you. That story reminded me of one where she had been doing like a long darshan or bhava. And so she finally gets to sleep. It's early in the morning or late at night. And somebody came to the ashram and had missed the main ceremony mm. and like called out for Amma's name. And so one of the women who had been outside of Amma's room sort of protecting her from people who try to disturb her while she gets her rest, she was telling the lady like, no, quiet, go away. So then Amma came out and had heard this and of course knows everything. So she knew about this and she was super angry at this woman and told her, you know, like, I can't remember how she punished her, but essentially like, how dare you? Like, I need to be available at all times to people. Oh. Oh, come on. She was just trying to protect your rest. Yeah, yeah. Don't give her such a hard time. It seems like this is a really guru thing to do. It really is. Just mess I, with people's minds and like, oh, whatever you thought you could anticipate me wanting, my mind's in a different place. Yeah. And I actually want something different, even though I said exactly that before. And it's weird because I feel like if you're going to be in this position, you want someone who's generally like Ama, who if they have this huge following, they're a humanitarian, they run a hospital, etc. all of that. That's really good use of that yes. weird position. On the other hand, I think we all trust ourselves too much that like, well, since I'm a good person, if I'm put in that absurd position, I will somehow make everything okay. But mm-hmm. it's like, no, you are still a biological machine that will be worked on by all these outside forces you yeah. cannot anticipate. And it probably will ruin you in some way you could never think of. My guess is that that's always the underlying assumption that powers this, where they think, okay, well, you know, I'm putting on this whole thing, but look at all the good I do. Yeah. So it's worth it. And it gives me a voice. And I see that the strongest in mediums mm. where it's like, oh, sure. Yeah, OK, I'm not making this all up. But look at all the nice things I tell them that, that they should let go of their regrets, that, that so-and-so didn't really die of suicide and so on. And it's like they're so certain that they know what's mm-hmm. best for this family mm-hmm. or person when they have no clue what the whole story is. Yeah. Fucked. All right, Miracle 19, Leela has a bad allergy. She's breaking out in urticaria, which is like hives that can get really, really bad and kill you. So she goes to Amma for help. And Amma said, I'm not going to heal it, but I'll use my power to keep it under control so you don't have to take your antihistamines anymore. So you're going to tell the woman not to take her medicine. Not great. I mean, I could take it from you, but (laughs) I'm not going to. And then you're going to put a little proviso in there so that when she does feel itchy, you can still be like, oh, well, 
I told you. I had a lot of stories like that where uh, she would tell this guy, you know, like, oh, you need to send in a letter to let them know that you no longer want to take this job. You know what? You need to send in a second letter to tell them you changed your mind or something like that. And then she'll say, you know what? I'm I'm sensing they did not receive the second letter. You need to call oh. them. And then the guy does it. And then later on, she's like, see, I told you, you needed to call in. So it's like mm-hmm. always just these little moments of uh, her being able to say, I told you so. Oh, right, Very right. Very literally. Right, right. Okay, Miracle 20. Ama cures someone's eye ailment with rainwater. I don't know what it was. And that person was soon cured. Okay. Uh, Miracle 21. Leela had a boil on her butt. The next day... Poor Leila. She's going through a lot. (laughs) No. She didn't want to give her yogurt. Uh, (laughs) The next day, a bunch of people visit. They always have a lot of visitors. Among the many visitors of the day was one nurse... The nurse treated the boil, and she had no boil the next day. Thank you, Amma. Yeah, what did Amma have to do with any of that? Nothing. Okay. Miracle 22, a follower was suffering from a deadly illness and begged Amma for death. They laid him in a room, and over a week later, he died. Okay. Uh, Time frames are important here. It makes such a big deal of how he's like suffering so terribly. And I'm like, that doesn't paint you in a good light. That doesn't help me think, oh, good for you. Yeah, right. (sighs) Oh, goodness. Okay. Two more. Miracle 23. A guy with lung cancer got chemo, but still felt sick. Ama became Krishna. She did did her first Krishna bhava, which you explained to me is her kind of taking the form of Krishna. Right. And she told her medical clinic to give him pain medicine because he was in pain. And the pain medicine worked. This is like someone (laughs) who is just so amazed with their own advice giving. I feel like I know these people, you know, like Aspen worked well. Yes. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, I just had to be the one who told you this and oh, see, see, I said it. And it's like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you said something obvious. Right. Right. Or you're, or you helped me think about it. That's good. But yeah. it deserves about a minute of acknowledgement. Right. Uh, this was interesting though. I think the point she was making was like, but they were OTCs. It was just like Tylenol Okay. And it helped with this extreme pain. But this is really interesting because I just read a book called In Pain that was by a bioethicist who, after a terrible accident, got addicted to opioids. No, oh, no. And he talked about how we have this idea that over-the-counter medicines are weaker, but over time, you you build up a tolerance to opioids and those more extreme medicines much more easily. And so they actually fight your pain much, much less over time. Oh, interesting. Okay. And so uh, when he was in the hospital, they put him on opioids and they just like wouldn't control the pain. And then finally, when he was at like, you know, I want to die pain, they gave him liquid Tylenol and then his his pain got better. Oh, yeah, <laughs> weird. Yeah, so I mean, we think of these things as oh, well, if it's <sighs> if there's no prescription, it must not be that strong. That's just not the case. Okay. Huh. Anyway, last miracle: a girl lost an earring in a river. She told Ama she would bring Ama a diamond nose ring if Ama helped her find the earrings in the river, and the earrings did service, but she forgot to bring Ama a new nose ring. So. Okay. Then she got an incurable bowel disease, went to a hospital, almost died, and the lesson was that she needed to confess her mistake to Ama and ask for forgiveness. Oh, my... Oh. (laughs) That... Hmm. (laughs) You know, like... 
feels like this is like, okay, someone who is expressing the formless self, godhood, and has to give someone horrible bowel pains because she didn't get a promised diamond nose ring. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That just seems a little petty to me. A little petty. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there were were a bunch of fun, exciting things in the second half of Amma's biography that I read. A couple highlights are that when she kind of realizes, oh my goodness, I am, you know, the mother. And all of a sudden she's wearing the mother's nose ring. But then she... She loves a nose ring. Okay. She realizes, you know what? I can now meditate on Lord Siva. And she became him. Matted hair, snakes on her neck, and coiled on her upper arms. Oh, wow. Then she fixed her heart and soul on Lord Ganesha, the remover of obstacles. Mm -hmm. Immediately, my being changed to that of Ganesha, an elephant's face with a long trunk, a pair of tusks with one half broken, and so on. Hmm. So I'm thinking... I really want to see camera footage pointed at her in these moments because she's talking about these physical transformations. Was she she, by herself? Yeah, but she told us about this later. Okay. I like this little note. The people around her, including her family, continued to doubt and misinterpret her behavior as schizophrenia. Yikes. Hmm. I've read a few accounts that are like, oh, her family, you know, her family wasn't supportive of her kind of stuff. Oh, Yeah. This is a fun footnote. It should be remembered that as far as her family was concerned, the Holy Mother was possessed three nights a week by Krishna and Devi, and the rest of the time she was a crazy girl. (laughs) Okay. Again, we're we're getting little doses. Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, holy. Of other people's perspective as they see her. So at one point, her father got really upset uh, that she was doing this, and he was complaining to God, saying, you need to give me my daughter back. You know, this is all just too stressful. And so then the mother, meaning her as uh, Devi, oh, okay. s- said, if so, here is your daughter. Take her. Instantly, the mother fell to the temple floor. Within a few moments, her body became stiff, and her heartbeat stopped. Though her eyes were wide open, there was no sign of life to be seen. She was dead. So Amma died, and apparently someone came and took her pulse and confirmed she's dead, she's not breathing. Okay. But then the father started saying, oh, I'm so sorry, I I take it back, you know, curse me for my ignorance, please bring my daughter back. And then, you know, she comes back to life, she stands up Now I'm watching the the film, (laughs) body stands up. Another one of these, like, punishments way out of line with the infraction. Her brother, who was the atheist and had been giving her a hard time, eventually he developed elephantitis, and then he went on to die by suicide. Oh, geez. And and there's always this refrain of, uh, you know, I don't wish anyone who is against me any ill, but they just have to suffer the consequences of their actions. Oh, right. That was in here in my book as well, where she said something like, uh, I'm not worried about you not liking me. It's just that when you don't like me, that brings negative energy to my followers and I'm so worried about them that I have Uh, to punish you to protect them. Oh, interesting. Okay. But apparently she then told everybody, don't worry, your deceased son will again take birth as a devotee in the same house after three years. Oh. So she told everybody, ah, don't worry, he died, but he'll be back again in three years. Oh, I see. As a devotee this time instead of a critic of mine. Um, And I'll let you know who he is. There's many stories of people who come doubting her or to expose her, and then they end up being one of her best devotees, or she, you know, whispers something like a secret 
that they've never revealed to anybody, and so now they believe in her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that there is a committee to stop blind beliefs. Whoa. Yeah, so that's a whole group that arises in India to kind of counter her publicly. Oh, wow. And I'd be really curious to know what have they said about Amma. So there was one guy from the, um, I believe he's from the Indian Rationalist Society, who wrote a book, like basically the main criticism of her in India. Oh. And got in so much trouble because the laws there are so protective of religious figures. That he kind of got sued into oblivion. Was it Sinal Edamaruku or one of somebody else? I don't think so. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I wonder if there's some connection there to the group you're mentioning. Yeah, because uh, most of these stories are from the early 80s, so I wouldn't expect to find Mm -hmm. these online. But Mm -hmm. but yeah, if anybody has any of these kind of critical writings, certainly be interested in those. Speaking of critics, I've been reading a memoir by one of her former followers called Holy Hell. It's by a woman named Gail Treadwell. Trying to get a hold of you, Gail. If somehow you find this podcast, get in touch. We want to talk to you. Hi, Gail. Eventually, though, the committee to stop blind beliefs was totally dissolved. Oh. But yet all, all of these stories that they tell about people who are critics... I'm always just curious to hear the other side of yeah. this story. You know, oh, they were falsely accusing us of mishandling resources or, you know, they're falsely right. accusing us of this. Yeah, like, tell me about that. Yeah, why were they accusing you yeah. of that? Hmm. You know, the whole problem of people claiming they're God really comes to a head in stories like this because one of the ways we tell people that people aren't doing so hot is that they start saying they're Jesus or Mm -hmm. they have superhuman powers or whatever. You know, that's when you start to be like, okay, like this person's in a bad spot and like they need the help of experts. But we've carved out this one little niche of people where it's like, oh, but it's fine for them. Oh, oh, she says that she's the reincarnation of several gods. Right. Totally okay. That also reminds me uh, that there's this anecdote here, which I think is really telling. It says... Some people find it difficult to believe mother's words during ordinary times, but if mother says the same thing during the Devi Bhava, they will believe. Okay. Meaning, I can see why people would want to, you know, put on these performances or say, I am God, I am the Lord, Mm -hmm. I am the personification of the holy because all of a sudden people pay attention to them. Yeah. And it's saying here like, oh, when she's just Amma. Oh, right. Just a lady. Yeah, they don't believe her words. But she can say the exact same thing when she's in the appearance of Krishna and people believe. I thought that was very telling. You know what else works? A lab coat. <laughs> right. A stethoscope. Yep. Even if you're not doing anything that has anything to do with a stethoscope. <laughs> uh, I thought you would appreciate this. She prepares one of her disciples to go out into the world and she points at the bag that she has packed for him and she says that bag contains dotis, shirts, towels, two blankets and other clothes and in this one there is coconut oil, soap, Ooh, okay. a mirror, comb, something to make a hot drink. Oh shit. And other useful things. So she was subscribing to FabFitFun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which we don't have an ad for today. But no, we do not. Uh, yeah, I thought you would uh, appreciate that yeah, hot drink. Like, it sounds like a good box. She realizes good the, care package. the importance of hot <laughs> drinks. There were a lot of stories about her casting bewitching smiles on people. 
or, you know, sly grins that then change their mood or opinion of her. Oh, yeah, this was really weird. At the end, there's a chapter that's just full of these little sections about various devotees and their stories of being converted over. And there's this one guy, and he's just, like, really working so hard to please her. And and she chides him one day, saying, like, oh, I noticed that there's someone who should be focused on the spiritual but is staring at a girl. This guy's name was Ramakrishnan, and he asked, who is that mother? And she says, you. And he's shocked about this. No, I don't look at girls. So then she starts describing this girl and, uh, you know, gives all these details about her life and says, don't you look at her every day? So this is where it gets weird. <laughs> oh, okay. Ramakrishnan kept silent. It was true that he looked at that woman every day, but why? The woman's external appearance closely resembled the Holy Mother's. Seeing her, he felt as if he were seeing the Holy Mother herself. When Mother saw him standing there speechless with his head hanging down, she burst into laughter. It goes without saying that after this, Ramakrishna never looked at that woman again. Oh no, that poor lady who's like his friend. Yeah, or just a woman like, oh wow, you remind me of this yeah. woman that I have a non-sexual attraction to. Right, right. And uh, and what's the lesson here? Like, don't look at her anymore. Yeah. Or I caught you, or I realize that you're fascinated with people who look like me. I don't. It's just it was weird. I'm not yeah. sure what the takeaway is. Yeah, I feel like if you're in this very unusual position where you are a guru or someone at the center of all that attention, so many different feelings must run through you. And there must be sometimes that you feel kind of repulsed. You know, most of the time you're like wanting all the attention, but I bet sometimes you're like, I see you not thinking for yourself and I'm kind of annoyed on your own behalf. Oh, right. Yeah. I think we run into that sensation pretty often, especially reading books like this. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then that's why they start to act in these like kind of emotionally abusive ways. Not that that makes it anything close to okay. So uh, yeah, those were some of the highlights from the second half of Amma's biography, which I very much enjoyed. Nice. Glad I read it. I enjoyed Days with the Universal Mother Volume 2. It'll probably get a three stars on Goodreads. Oh, nice. Okay. You know what? Three sounds good. Yeah. Three is a good score. It's past the halfway point. (laughs) Speaking of which, do we need to rate Amma? Pseudoscience? Mm, oh, pseudoscience. Well, she's doing all those healings, so mm. I'm going to give it a six. Okay. I'm with you at six. Yeah, it registers on the scale. That's not her main focus, though. Yeah. And she does a lot of actual science, too, or funds a lot of extra actual science, so that's good. Yeah, so we approve of all that. And yeah, there's kind of a weird mixed message when it comes to getting professional medical help. Yeah. But I feel like overall, she does lean towards letting people get their medicine, though she may take credit for its (laughs) its effects. All right. How about creepiness rating? I mean, omniscience creeps me out. The idea of someone like reading my mind. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Die Gedanken sind frei. I'm sorry. The thoughts are free. Oh, yeah. But not if Amma's around. That was one of the first, like, amazing thoughts I had when I realized I didn't believe in God. I was like, no one's hearing this. I could just swear. I could do anything. And like, oh, I get to second guess my thoughts. I can just be like, oh, you had an ugly thought. That's okay. It's fine. It's over. Now you have this other thought. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Eight. Oh, creepiness. Okay, wow. Uh, I'll say six, especially just reading the biography, all these descriptions of her taking on these fierce visages. It reminds me of in Lord of the Rings. This is a bad example for you, but Galadriel, when she tries to steal the ring, all of a sudden this beautiful Kate Blanchett character turns into this wild, crazy, power-hungry character who's going to kill you. Uh, Do you you think Ella looks like Kate Blanchett? 
I don't know what to say to you in this moment. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Okay, so <laughs> does, I'll show you a side by side, and you'll be like, "Oh, okay." I'll be like, "Carrie's doing a thing." Carrie's doing. That's a- <laughs> true, though. She really does. I'll look it up. I, I've put it on social media. Okay. Before. All right. I'm open to seeing <laughs> okay. evidence. All right. I'm gonna say. What did I say? Six. I don't know. It's not too creepy. How about pocket drainer value? I mean, if you can steer clear of all the shopping, it's really a. At least for what we've done, a zero. Yeah, it's just a mere nine hours of your time. <laughs> yeah. And you get a hug as a first timer. But if you want to buy anything. Right. Ten, and I mean, like the, the doodad she sells are ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know enough about her organization and how money gets used for various functions. And mm-hmm. like, you know, maybe, maybe there are some really good things being done with that money. So I, I almost feel like saying a not applicable, but I'll say three just because there are obviously people giving voluminous donations what about danger rating where one's something not dangerous and 10 is something super dangerous you know my gut is very low on this one i'm just gonna say two i think for most people if you're a fan of ama's you know, you see her every now and then when she just happens to be in your neck of the world mm-hmm. and you remember like a just a beautiful, kind woman. I don't know. It just seems like a fairly harmless thing. I think the closer you get to her and the more of your life you devote to her, I think then you start to suffer consequences and it becomes more dangerous. And I'm sure you, having read some of this holy hell, might have some more perspective on that. I, I feel very much in the question mark category still on this one because most of the dangers in these things you don't really get to see until you peek below the surface a little bit. And there are so few accounts out there by her former followers hmm. that it's hard to see below the surface. But if I were just basing it on the event we went to, yeah, you know, there's no danger. You're going to go sit in a Hollywood hotel and get a hug. Hot drinks? They didn't serve us any. They didn't serve us any, yeah. But she promoted in the book. I'm putting my thumb sideways. Okay, I'll join you. Well, before we leave, there's one more important thing that you should all know about, especially if you live in the San Francisco area. Yes. We're going to be part of the San Francisco Sketch Fest again. Yay, 2020. SF Sketch Fest 2020. It's going to be January 21st at 8 p.m. at Cobb's Comedy Club in San Francisco. Hey, that's, that's where, where we were, were last time. time. Yeah. <laughs> this could be the only time you get to see us in 2020. So come on out. We'll provide links on our socials. Or just look up Sketchfest. You get it. It's actually on the Maximum Fun website as well. Hey, if you, there you go. If you go to events, that's the best way to do it because Maximum Fun recently redesigned their site, mm-hmm. did an awesome relaunch with transcripts of our show, which we're super excited about, but also all these other great features. So check that out and click on events and you'll find our show at SF Sketch Fest. All right, that's it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. Our editor is Victor Figueroa. You can support this and all our investigations by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. Maybe you want us to go wait more places for nine hours to do something simple like get a hug. Maybe you do. And you're like, why do these podcasters need a hug so badly? <laughs> I feel like I should give you a hug right now. Okay. We've sure. been here for a few yeah, hours. Yeah, it's been but a while. Yeah. Oh, thank you. It was a strong that, hug. That was better than an AMA <laughs> hug. It was mutual. We also hugged when I found my ticket. 
<laughs> Did we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so relieved. Just out of excitement. Yep. So yeah, please support us that way. Support us by telling your friends. Find us on social media, facebook.com slash onrack, O-N-R-A-C. Or on Twitter at Ono Podcast. And remember, from one of Amma's events... <laughs> so the, the meaning of the hug is uh, uh, love, just love, pure love. It's uh, an expression of the inner love that Amma feels towards the entire creation. And, uh, she believes only in giving love uh, because uh, in today's world uh, people have uh, become mechanical and, even, and uh, business business like even when it comes to love um, um, normally it is said that love should begin from the house from home but uh, I must say, in today's world, there are no homes because even the people who live under the same roof, they live like uh, islands, as isolated islands, disconnected. So what happens here is a real heart-to-heart meeting. In, the, in this world, there are many meetings happen every day, hundreds of meetings, thousands of meetings happen all over the world but only the bodies meet. But here, a real meeting takes place, heart-to-heart meeting. your podcast to be focused and well-researched and your podcast host to be uncharismatic, unhorny strangers who have no interest in horses, then this is not the podcast for you. Again, what's your deal? (laughs) I'm Emily. I'm Lisa. Our show is called Baby Geniuses. And its hosts are horny adult idiots. We discover weird Wikipedia pages every episode. We discuss institutional misogyny. We ask each other the dumbest questions and our listeners won't stop sending us pictures of their butts. We haven't asked them to stop, but they also aren't stopping. Join us on Baby Geniuses every other week on MaximumFun.org. I've got a message for you. Hi, it's me, April Wolf, the host of Switchblade Sisters and co-writer of the new horror film, Black Christmas. And I'm Katie Walsh, film critic and occasional host of Switchblade Sisters. We're here to announce that for one episode, we will be doing something a little different. Much like Jeff Goldblum and David Cronenberg's The Fly, I will be going through a truly disturbing transformation. April will transform from the interviewer into the interviewee. I will be asking her all about her new film, Black Christmas, her writing process, and ongoing existential dread. But I will also be discussing John Carpenter's perfect masterpiece, Prince of Darkness. You guys seen any movies you like? So tune in to Switchblade Sisters for a -a one-of-a-kind episode with April Wolf and me, Katie Walsh. See you then. Only the corrupt I listen to now. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.